Benghazi incident? Is that correct? I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't watched this movie, and I really know very little about it. We, Could we, you... we might be jumping the gun a little bit, because yeah. I don't know who you are or how you got in here. So let me just introduce myself to you. I'll take your lead. So Go I, for it. I'm, I'm Chris. I'm a filmmaker from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a very politically charged statement. Well, I'm Rick Fox. I'm an aspiring author, and I am an unlucky number of chronological units. Uh, I'm Josh Birch, an analyst in Nashville, uh, and I'm a buff Jim Halpert. Hi, I'm Binge. I'm also an analyst here in Nashville, and I'm a beat farmer. So wait, wait I have a quick question. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. All of these made sense to me, and there was that. Wait, wait the beat farm one does not make sense to me. Dwight, I guess it is okay, Dwight, but Dwight, we're not Dwight, actually no, watching I'm, The Office. I'm, wait, I'm curious. Yeah, and? Are, is that a Jim <laughs> Halpert from The Office? No, it's Dwight Schrute. John Krasinski's well, in this movie. Is he really? Yeah, he's yes, the main John guy. Krasinski is, is, the, really? is the lead, yeah. I believe, in this no, movie. No, you guys oh. are pulling my leg. Oh, no. no. No, there he is. Yeah, but I don't think I, Rain I, Wilson's Oh my gosh, you're right. One. No, he's not. <laughs> Rain <laughs> Wilson's not in here. Yeah, how that's correct. Guys, how do you feel about John Krasinski? Okay. <laughs> I don't really watch The Office, so I don't really have any so opinion. So you're not I, I very... It's not out of dislike. It's entirely because so you, that type of humor is physically painful for me. So you're not... Cringe humor is not for everyone. You're not very... Opin, we're opinionated. Not very opinion, opinionated. There yeah, we covered go. that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I went a little too late. Yeah, I think y'all actually saw what I was doing there before <laughs> I was done doing the. Bit. Yes. Well, uh, uh, Chris, could you and uh, Rick tell us a little bit about this movie? Because I, sure. I honestly know nothing about I, it. Absolutely. Uh, I know very little about it either. But it is a uh, 13 hours directed by Michael Bay. Has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Came out in 2016, and it stars John Krasinski, James Badgedale, Pablo Schreiber, Max Martini, Toby Stevens and David Costable. During an attack on a U.S. compound in Libya, a security team struggles to make sense out of the chaos. Well, that was actually a pretty concise, like, IMDb thing for really Michael concise. Bay. I still don't feel like I know anything about this movie, though. Well, <laughs> right. I mean, have you heard not... of Benghazi? If you've heard I about the heard incident the name, paid attention to the very news, popular. I actively avoid the news at all opportunities. Yeah. So, so. I, I'm not going to lie, guys. I know this may not be a shared opinion, but I... Am, was looking forward to this Michael Bay outing the least oh, oh, of okay, all yes. the movies that really? we had to watch. Yeah. The, I feel the way you feel about based on true event movies is how I feel about movies that look like they're going to be preachy. It's the same reason why I don't like, even though I, I am religious myself, I do not like Christian cinema most oh, of the time. Christian cinema to is me, the worst. To me, this looks like a political version of Christian cinema where okay. like it, it's just polit it's politics I mean it's it's coming out in 2016 it came out at the height of the election it hit shelves right before like election day I think even I just I felt like this has to be like super weighty on one side or the other and I'm just not interested in something like that. Whoa, I whoa, do- Chris. This is Michael Bay we're talking about, though. He's so subtle and even-handed in all of his, you know, attempts to portray events. His yeah, middle I'm, name is Tact. I yeah. am. I'm legitimately not excited for the future of original Michael Bay content in light of the fact that this is his third take on actual true events that have happened. It is Pearl Harbor, Armageddon, this, and this. <laughs> okay. What's, no, the, what's, what's the second one? Uh, Painting pain, 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 Oh, pain, well, okay, wait, to be fair, based, yeah. one of those was atrocious horrible and like 
evil, but one of them was actually kind of fun. Yeah, the other they, one was atrocious and evil, but really funny. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that Michael Bay does not seem like the type of director I would trust with true events, if I'm being real. Or at least not political, like, not true events that like have any political weight behind them. Like true Definitely events were just not. like the ins like some insane crap happened and like you wouldn't believe Yeah, exactly. Where you wouldn't believe this happened unless they were literally just throwing it in your face that these are tr true events. Like So yeah, let's okay. hope robots don't actually ever invade. Oh man. <laughs> oh no. That would be <laughs> but wait, would that Michael stop? Bay took a little bit of liberties in 13 hours. <laughs> like in the moment when they're like, why won't they send help? Why won't Hillary Clinton listen to us? The robots are everywhere. Gosh. That's what happened in Benghazi, guys. Okay, according this, to this, this movie, so apparently. the whole situation with believe. Benghazi, which I'll be I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of the details of. So I won't be able to speak to how accurate this film is. It's Michael Bay, so I I, I feel <laughs> I feel like an correctly say i'm assuming he's taken some liberties with the events but i but i won't actually be able to say that super confidently because i don't know all the details behind it all all i know is that this was one of those like rallying points in the recent presidential election you know the thing about this movie is now that i know that jim halpert's in this and that this has this like level of political stuff going on i can literally see like whatever figure i guess it's hillary clinton hillary clinton being attacked in this movie and then the character that is played by the same guy that played jim halpert just literally doing the jim halpert turn to the camera thing in this movie, though, as serious as it should be purporting to be, well, from from what I from what I heard of this movie, like this, people didn't bring this movie up as part of what happened, and is like, oh, we should take this as like um, what I'm hoping comes well, out the, of this is that it shows us what happened there and doesn't pull in anything that happened in the it, U.S. It well, the I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I hope I hope it doesn't bring in like that side of it. I hope it focuses on the events that actually happened there as opposed to trying to pull and blame or, you know, place blame on anybody. And I, that, I actually do, too. I, I think that would be the best case scenario for what I imagine could be a positive experience from watching this story directed by Michael Bay at this time. I mm. could be surprised. You know, I haven't seen. Is this the first move Michael Bay movie none of us have seen? I think so. Uh, I, think, oh. I think so, yeah. I've seen oh, wow. every single Michael Bay well, movie except for the fourth Transformers. And this movie, and this apparently. One, yeah. huh. I, I, I hope the way you described it, Binge, is actually how it is. That's, that's my optimist view mm -hmm. of it. I don't uh, think that's actually yeah, going to happen, my... <laughs> knowing Michael Bay. But When did you get to see the fifth Transformers? That one's not out yet, so that one doesn't count. Marty is. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really have anything else to add just because I haven't seen it before. So I, I'm ready to go ahead and watch it. Wait, yeah, let, let's just go see what it's all about and, you know, make some conclusions from there. Gunners, what, what do you say? See you on the flip side. See you on the Now, what would have been funny is if he was like, oh, guys, I'm going to lasso in your end. And it cuts to them and like, good idea. We'll follow your laser. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then it cuts, it cuts back to him like doing the dance like, 
<laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I guess this would actually do something, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, so we just got done watching 13 hours. Oh, man. Whew. What a ride. That was a rough a movie. wholesome family film. Do not take your kids to see this movie. <laughs> well, Period. End of story. Don't uh, rent at, at this a friend's movie house. for your kids. Don't watch the movie with children. So, uh, so how did this movie open? Like I, I'm, I'm trying to think back to like what happened. I mean, and we gotta, it's just such a, it's a, it's a very long movie. I feel like it's, it's, it's two and a half I mean, it hours. It opened with some, some, you know, credits giving us some Text information on the, on the situation. Oh, yeah. A little bit of exposition. This is based on a true story flavor text. That's well, not really flavor text, though. but it's actual uh, text. At least. No, it was like actually. It, That's what I said. Not useful. really flavor text. I said actual text. No. Oh. I said it's not really flavored text though. It's like actual text. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, like it genuinely does give give me some uh, sense of what was the situation uh, at the time. I mean, I I know very little about as as I said earlier. I avoid the news like the plague, so I know very little about most you know real world situations. As ignorant as that makes me, but you know, I'm happier in my day to day life that I think than a lot of people that do pay attention to the news. It, it it was it was good it was it was a good introduction to where we were because otherwise if they if they hadn't framed it then I feel like they would have lost a whole lot of their audience uh, myself included just with jumping into the movie the way they did because they do I mean we have a short introduction to John Krasinski's character Jack um, mm-hmm. but but other than that they they just throw us in uh, and and so I think it was good that they. They set they set it up the way they did. It was it was short and concise and let us know what was going on, and then and I mean they really do. A, a lot of this movie is just here's events that happened and we're just throwing you into them. Yeah, it kind of just like drops you in. Hey, things are gonna go down real soon. <laughs> and, right. You know, it does that that initial standoff where they get you know when he's just gotten off the plane and he's they're driving to uh, to the base to the base oh, is yeah. that yeah. was a I think that's a really strong way to open the movie because that sets up a lot of what's going to be happening throughout the rest of the movie where they don't know um, what's going on they don't know who they're talking to they don't, they don't necessarily know, know the language yeah. yeah like it it's it, 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 do, it does a good job setting the tension and showing a lot of the stakes at play yeah I do feel like this is this was to me, this felt like a very staged scene, though. Like, it felt very, like, action movie copy, how they're, like, poof, like, they both pull out their guns at the same time, and, like, the camera zooms in a little bit on them, and it's like, no, nah, man. Well, That's okay. Not how this is gonna go down. Well, yeah, and I well, think this is one of those things, though, that, like, it may have legitimately gone down exactly like that, but because it's sort of framed as an intense action movie moment, part of me was like, okay. Is this refer- is this for real? I mean, it's well, like think, a truth might be stranger than fiction type but, of situation. But I, I I don't think that it it's not to me it's not framed that way. It to me it is framed as like this is something that could be legitimately happening, and it doesn't like it doesn't feel like action movie esque. It just feels like real like i guess real life the, uh, more it felt so very staged to the, me. the only piece of it that feels that way to me is the way they like pull their guns and they're like holding it across each other at the other dude and then they're like yeah that's switch like, back real quick that's, that's like half of it, it but yeah. <laughs> but but that that's a minor part to it i think the mm-hmm. scene as a whole still works yeah i think i think it actually worked worked really well personally i didn't i didn't get an action movie vibe necessarily off it at all like the it 
like had you had I not been aware going in to this movie that it was a Michael Bay movie, I would not have believed it like at all until it came up to the credits and it said directed by Michael Bay. This this did not feel to me this moment early on did not feel anything like that. It didn't it didn't even really feel action movie to me. It felt suspense movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's a very different vibe because this like it would have felt action movie if they'd been firing off quips or something like they're Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence or something like that. But sure. they're not. It just feels legitimately tense like they don't know if these guys are going to start shooting them or not. And yeah, like that brought me into the movie really fast, personally. Yeah. And and we go from there to... Uh, one of the things I think they did well was set the scenes uh, and, and, and kind of establish who these people were without having to go too far into detail. And, and, I mean, immediately after this, they get to the base and we start to see the interactions between um, these military guys and the CIA who's there, as well as the other the other guys on their team yeah. right uh and and we do we see the you know kind of the cliche uh just a hole guy you know suit in charge doesn't yeah. really know what's happening with the guys oh, on the ground kind of he thing it's awful i mean i hated that guy you were intended to yeah but it's it's not like he's fun to hate or that it's even like it, he just he just felt awful it yeah, just felt that- so hammy like I, I, I could not wait, stand hammy? that guy. Where, yeah. you getting, where are you getting ham? I didn't feel hammy off of the just performance. Felt so overwhelmingly like I'm the suit. Like it, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to believe that that is to a point exactly how that person is in real life. I mean, okay, like I'm not gonna say that's who that guy is because I don't know that guy. I don't right. know this situation, but I can completely believe that someone in a position of power would act that way, uh, especially when he views those men as hired help not necessarily as members of his team or protectors well, and it's, you know? and it's not so even like me. well and it's not even like he necessarily has to be looking down on them it's look i'm part of you know i, I work for the cia we're, we're a government organization and we have to go through proper pr- protocol to do things like that's just part of this job and you're a team of guys who are essential to us being here but who have very little regard for that process and so I'm constantly having to assert my authority over you because otherwise you're just going to kind of do what you think is best in any given situation, regardless of the way that impacts our standing here right. or but you that's know, not the way that is that is def- as a whole. While that makes perfect sense, that's definitely not the way he's played in the movie. Like they they no, play no. him as a person who is using his his power in a way that is clearly making the situation worse and is going to get people killed. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that either of those interpretations is accurate or uh, is what the guy's actually like. But in this movie, like he is clearly the bad guy and he's the center of at least according to Wikipedia's uh, historical accuracy section on this, like the the center of the biggest like sort of controversy. about. Well, right. It's the it's the the CIA's version of the story is different than the uh, personal testimonies of the dudes there on the ground. Right primarily centered around this one guy's reactions and yeah and, and it's like, it's only the earliest yeah. moment of when things are going down really but that sort of does set off like a series kind of, of everything yeah like <laughs> everything everything that happens in the movie would be different had he reacted differently in that early stage in the movie now that doesn't necessarily mean that everything would have gone better or or anything like that well for most characters at least there's a couple of people that if things went down the way this movie says they did, there's a good chance that that got people killed. Maybe but, we should just go ahead and say out the bat that 
we're going to be critiquing the movie because not, we not don't have offense. we don't have the yes. military or political like know-how to say Benghazi would have been fine if we <laughs> yeah, were in charge. That's, that's definitely not where I'm coming from, but you know, I know like, you're not. Yeah, but, but to prevent ourselves from constantly going, <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe maybe John Krasinski's character in in real life may have been more right, like this. Yeah. You know, let's just go ahead and off the bat say we're talking. This is about how we feel movie. about the movie. Well, I mean, yes. the thing of it is though that this movie is portraying a these this series of events with an angle in mind it is not trying to portray i feel a you know an unbiased version of the story i think we're getting sort of the based on what i understand of the book that this is based off the story the story of the people there on the ground of the soldiers in question and that's not an unbiased story like you can't tell that story unbiased from that perspective and but, I, but I, I think that's I think legitimately it, fair of the movie yeah I, like it, it's like what I was worried about is that this is just going to be a part of like sort of the 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 conservative echo chamber. You know, I, I was worried we're going to get a ton of references to like and in, in a ways it, I, there's a lot of scenes that I was like, OK, I know why this is in here. But overall, I didn't get the overwhelming impression that this is like. You know, like a Hillary bashing film. Oh yeah, you know? no, that's that's like, not I mean, one did thing she even come I'm, up in the no, movie? No. Like the president they, did. But they no. do. They do make some not. They, they're not heavy-handed references, the, the closest but thing there's they reasons. Say is, guys, one, one there. of you. They do make some overt references that do not have to be in the movie, but none of them are like heavy-handed either. I, yeah, I think they do a really good job at maybe of pointing out a bias towards the men on the ground versus the CIA, like right. the suits in the building. But I think that he, Michael Bay did a really good job of not making a political statement with the movie as far as actual politics. Right. It's not, this is not a like super left film or a super right film. I can't remember him n naming any names. Usually it was just, have you called the American government? Yeah. Uh, like they don't call anyone out specifically. It's usually just, do we have American air support coming? No, we're trying. Or, you know, we're right, relying yeah. on these guys. So I think that that's about the extent that they take it. Um, so, so that caveat being to, in place, we're talking about the movie. Yeah, right. Go ahead. <laughs> to to bring it back, sort of to the early on stuff in the movie, I like all of these early on scenes. I'm I'm surprised by how well uh, Michael Bay does at setting this scene and giving it tension like you can tell these people are sitting on a powder keg the entire time and mm -hmm. you feel that it's not like in like Transformers or something where you know the Decepticons are going to show up and horrible things are going to go down it feels genuinely tense and you know like right. I'm, I'm actually paying attention to the movie which will be a struggle I'm sure when we get back to Transformers well, I, I feel like one of the things that was strong about it also was how they did a good job establishing like spaces before the move before before, like the movie really capitalized on the big set pieces that those are going to be involved with yeah like that big mansion place ends up being the safe house for the ambassador and just mm -hmm. even their general like quarters like their little their little hideaway yeah uh like and how we spend enough time in each of those places that we get sort of a feel for what they're like so when chaos starts raining we still have some perspective as to what it's like there yeah and and they do like top-down views of all of those places as well to kind of give us like okay like a lay of the land almost like even like early in the movie like we get it like as action is happening but i think they do a really good job of like like you said giving us an idea of the space yeah um mm -hmm. and i to 
piggyback off of what Rick said a little bit earlier about building the tension and starting with the tension, I do like that tension is built, but there is no payoff. There's like, whereas if this was like a bad boys movie or Transformers, there'd be a lot of tension, build up, build up, build up, action scene. You, you, this, you, you mean that the the payoff isn't immediate? Is it? That, yes, it's not immediate. Okay. Yeah. So like there are multiple um, situations where there's a lot of action and tension or a lot of tension, but not necessarily anything that actively happens. There's no guns going there's, off. Yeah, there's no guns. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of tension and a little bit of action, yeah. but nothing that is like, oh, explosions everywhere, which I right. think is. That would have been a bad move. Also, yes, very much exploitative so. since that's probably not what really happened. No, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. But like definitely like, yeah, it, it, it makes for the whole like guerrilla warfare that they're going to be dealing with throughout mm-hmm. the movie more effective. Well, yeah. one, one of the things that I like is that um, I feel like uh, they avoided what would have been an easy pitfall, which is to make uh, one or more characters just feel like they're really incompetent. Now, you have the CIA director who is obviously par- a little paralyzed when it comes to making decisions later on. But even after that, when it gets back to, OK, you know, we have to de- start deconstruction of this base. Like it's still shown that th- maybe that was where he was out of his element. But here he knows what he's doing and he's directing these people to do what he needs to. Yeah. And we, we get the sense for that when they go to um, see what the ambassador's house is. And they, they mention that, like, you are way underprepared. And the two dudes that are with him are like, yeah, we know. I mean, it, we're, just, we're the best that he's got. And here's our plan if stuff goes wrong. But And, and I like that. I like that it, it didn't seem like the two dudes with him were just were taking it laissez-faire. Yeah. Like... They're competent. It's just, again, this is the situation that they're in and they have to feel figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. The the other thing that I, on a similar note, that I was impressed with is that it does not feel like the people of Benghazi are the bad guys. There are bad guys that's kind of among them, but as a whole, it doesn't feel... Like, it feels like anyone could be either just a completely ordinary guy just living his life, or he could be about to kill you. And... I think that's very true to the situation, uh, as I understand it over there. Like, you know, the the thing about guerrilla warfare in in this type of situation is that you don't know who's about who could be about to kill you. But I like that they focused equally hard on the idea that these people are just normal. Like, we see tons of guys who are just like watching soccer games, well, and, like and, five and, feet away from what's going down. Right, and and they they paint the interpreter in a very heroic light. Like he, I mean. You know, he stays when he doesn't have to, and he stays longer than he needs to to help these Americans survive. Yeah. Uh, and it's not until the very end when he knows they're getting on the cars to go home. Like, finally go home that he's like, all right, I'm done. I'm, you know, I'll go back home now. And he goes home, like, apparently in that same city where all yeah. this stuff is yeah, going yeah, yeah. down. And but, it's cover, covered in blood. And yeah. But, but, I, but I like that because <laughs> from a director where we've seen a whole lot of, uh, American, bad, American bad, fanboyism. <laughs> that and bad stereotyping. Yeah. Um, I was surprised with the level of tact that they they showed. Yeah. You know, the, these are people, and obviously some of them are trying to kill our heroes, and then others are also caught up in the crossfire. You know, you, I, I you was, had you had fleeing civilians. Yeah. Right? Like it's not it's not all of all of the Libyans are bad. It's 
Yeah, it's, it was. It's like you said, it's guerrilla warfare. It was shockingly tasteful. Like I, I really appreciate that at the end of the movie, he took the time to show. Okay, one after this incident happened, hundred apparently a hundred thousand people came out to mourn this guy who you know there that who had been killed, and then it ends kind of on someone holding a sign saying like hey we don't want this yeah like that that, that slow-mo shot of the widows coming out to mourn their husbands and, the and sons like yeah that was that was legitimately very powerful image yeah like yeah. i definitely i think the best shot of michael bay's repertoire so far in my opinion because mm-hmm. there's just so much in that just one image because there's the frame is filled with only weeping mothers or rags covered in blood. Yeah. And that's basically the synopsis of the situation. Yeah. yeah. It's just only loss on all sides. There were no winners in this situation. And that's why it's considered so terrible. And this interpretation of it in that regard is pretty strong. It's definitely good uh, visual storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are jumping. Well, yeah, I jumped very far yeah. ahead. Well, we mean, were talking yeah. about we all, yeah. we all did. Yeah. So, uh, But Ben, you want to well, get us a little bit back the, on track? We... The next scene, as far as chronologically in here, is like I guess the first mission that uh, Jack or uh, John Krasinski's character Jack is yeah. a part of, um, where they basically go. Um, we get the British girl and generic white guy that they go and talk to uh, arms dealers, where they have to take them on a and on a mission to talk to the arms dealers. And they have a tail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked this scene specifically because, like, this felt sort of action-y, but it was very understated, especially for, mm-hmm. for Michael Bay. Like, I mean, um, it, it does go into a pretty intense place, but the climax of that is just the other guy crashes crashes his car. Like, yeah, that, it's not like they start shooting. It's not like there's rockets going off or anything like that. It's just they are in a situation where they're being tailed and they need to get out of there. Yeah, and I, both, I really appreciated how minimal it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both this and the second time that she's trying to go have discussions, um... I think do a really good job because, like you said, they weren't super action sequences. What what they did well was set the stage for there's a conflict between our military guys' ideas on how to solve a situation and our um, CIA director's ideas on how, how to solve a situation. And, and this first meeting where things kind of go haywire sets that up really well because you see the CIA director who says, no, don't get out of the car, stay there, we're going to send guys in to handle this. And the other guy who's there in this situation says, you know, no, I, I trust my instinct more. I'm going to do what I think is best here. Right. And, and I think that's the importance of this scene because, because, I mean, we, I don't know about you guys. I don't know why she's meeting with this guy. I don't know why it's important or really who she is at this point other than well, another CIA person. Well, I think, I think what they are trying to do is track all the illegal arms going out of Libya at that point uh, because with I think they set the stage with Muammar Gaddafi whenever he was overthrown he had a large stockpile of weapons that the people now have access to and are just selling right so, so all these for, gangs have yeah. access to all these weapons and they're you know and they're trying to be able to track where the weapons are going in and out of Libya yeah sure. and so that that is essentially what she is trying to do is get a hold of and or get information as far to who has it and where are where's the stockpile I, I think that's absolutely correct however I am sort of like 
on Josh's wavelength mm-hmm. during the scene because I was like piecing all that together after the fact. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like that's what they were doing. I think that the the movie sort of did a bad job of, uh, I guess you'd call it world building in terms of like showing, hey, like this is exactly what's going on. Now watch it unfold. I felt like I was go- counter correcting as I was watching some of those scenes. And in regards to like, I don't know who she was. I feel that way about most of the cast. Like, I'm not sure, like, like this is going to seem so bad. Maybe I'm the only one. But at the end, when John Krasinski was like, he's not coming home, I'm like, I don't even know which character that is. They all look so similar to me, and I can't tell most of them apart I, by their personalities. I, I knew exactly which ones he was talking oh, yeah. about. I mean, like, like, is he his brother, or is he just his friend? Like, I friends. honestly don't know, like, yeah, their dynamic. Yeah, like, they're friends. The, like, the, yeah, the one who picked him, the leader of the group, the one who picked him up at the beginning. Because, I mean, you remember the like, beginning. Did his they wife were, know him? Yeah, the, I mean, they were talking they about were each other's families and kids and all that. Like, they, they knew each other. Yeah, and, Man, and, and they have. That like a little bit of a like oh hey man how you doing a little bit like at the airport when he goes to pick him up like they they know each other they've worked with each other in the past and they're we're meant to believe that they're really close especially considering like some of the conversations that they have throughout the movie especially um in the middle of the night when it's just the two of them but talking it seems, about his it kids seems like and, he does yeah. that with a lot of the people though like the guy on the television even he's he talks to him like the same way like hey man how's it going I haven't seen you since Nah, I don't know. Right? Well, no, yeah, he does <laughs> because he also worked with him. Yeah, and, um, yeah, bo- I mean, and both of those people died. I, yeah, but does his s- wife know him too? Like that? That what made me throw me throw me off so much is that he's telling this on the phone with his wife, and I'm and that made me go like, wait a minute, which one is he? I must have missed something. I, like, I I never got confused with which one this guy that we're talking about currently is. There are some characters that I did mix up at different points of the movie because there are a lot of grizzled bearded dudes in this. Yeah, movie. there's just like, a bunch of white but, grizzled bearded dudes. But I mean, there there's several that I like. The main one, the one that dies towards the end of the movie, like I never confused Rome. him for any, yeah, Roan. I never confused him for anyone. He was pretty distinctive in my head. Yeah. Um, and I never uh, confused bearded redhead guy. Like those were the two that kind of stuck out to me. But there's a couple in there that I I could I, were a little interchangeable for me. But to kind of go back to what you were saying, I think what it is is that this movie is very sympathetic to the contractors. It's not very sympathetic to the CIA people. It's not necessarily outright like blaming them or anything, but it's definitely not from their side of the story. And so we get less of their world and less of what is going on with them. And what we get is these guys are trying to protect their CIA people who are giving them back talk. It's not really important to me, at least why those CIA people are doing what they're doing. What's important is that we're seeing that these guys are doing what they have to, to protect them, whether or not these CIA people want them to. I guess I just, if it wasn't John Krasinski, honestly, I found myself like getting a little confused, like which one was which. Uh, on the same lines of that that car chase scene, though, like I don't know about you guys, I I found the chase itself not very well constructed. It just it did not really excite me much at all, outside of like what's going on in the narrative. Oh, they're being chased, but like I didn't feel like it was kinetic in the way some of Michael Bay's other stronger action scenes have been. I don't think that's necessarily what it was going for, though. I, I Why don't. Not? I don't want it to be a kinetic, super intense action scene. What I like 
about this is that it feels tense specifically. It's not something that gets my blood pumping. It's something that uh, makes me feel the tension of the, some of these people might die. Like this might be the, the event that kicks off the events of the movie for all I know. Yeah, um, I, I, I felt I, untense by it because it just felt like it was sloppily put together to me. I, it just felt like it was a bunch of shaky cam and like, see, I, oh, there's a car there. Like it didn't feel like I didn't feel like it was intense because I felt like it was not a very good action. See, shaky cam is not a pejorative to me like I don't mind shaky cam when it's used well and I think throughout this movie it is used well and it does serve the effect that shaky cam is intended to do which is make it feel like a real event like you are really there and, and I think that is an and effect and it, it implies movie. chaos exactly and I think that's effectively used throughout this movie and I think part of that is just personal tastes obviously Chris I don't think you like any use of shaky cam that is not true I, I really like it in the Bourne movies I think that in the Bourne movies what makes it different is that the way the camera shakes and there's a really great YouTube video on this. Actually, I think you shared it on the page, like action scenes that are done very well. The action scene that takes place in the bathroom in the third born film where he beats a guy up using a uh, newspaper roll. Mm -hmm. He basically breaks that scene down as to how like every time the camera shakes, it's shaking in a direction where like the next like important part of the scene is going to take place. So your eyes are never doing this thing where they're like shifting around the middle of the frame, like trying to find the next thing. The camera is still guiding you to what you need to look at. So it doesn't actually feel like shaky cam. But so you're other saying films that, in, that use shaky cam, it's just hobbling the camera around. So and that's how I feel this movie. So are you it. saying that in, in this movie, like you're feeling like the shaky cam is like throwing you off of what you're trying to see and you're not able to follow what's going on? Or? Kind of, yeah. Like okay. it, it just feels like a gimmick. That's and, and it just, it doesn't feel, it does, it does the opposite of make me feel like I'm really there. It makes me feel like I'm watching a movie because shaky cam is so easily recognizable as that gimmick. See, I don't see it as a gimmick. I think it's an effective tool to use and it, it worked for me in, in this movie in several instances. And like, I don't, I don't I can't think of any particular moments at which shaky cam happened. So right. that's sort of to me the the mark can, of it was well used. Well, I can this think of one. <laughs> well, and and one of the things you mentioned that that it this didn't seem like some of Michael Bay's other chase scenes which were done a lot better, but I I like that it wasn't like those because since this is trying to pr portray events that actually happened to real people who were still alive in a thematic sense yes um, i agree if if he if he had this chase and like they're driving off ramps like oh, of course or like, or, like flying downstairs that kind of thing like all of a sudden it turns into a spectacle instead of well and see the thing for me is that with this chase scene i don't think that the the question is ever will that car catch up to them i think it's telling us more about the people in John Krasinski's car and, you know, telling us about them, what their reactions are going to be to tense situations like this, to when things go wrong, how do they react, what do they do, mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. I think it's more about giving you insight into their character process for when chaos starts than it is about the chaos itself in this instance. Yeah, I do I think, agree with that. Like, I like how John Krasinski is so polite when he's yeah. like shoving across the sheets, like, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we uh, babysitter was messed up. Let's go. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I think, Rick, what you pointed out is that this scene is, ba I, I think a lot of it happens in the car mm -hmm. uh, and it's supposed to give us an idea of how these people handle those those stressful and, and tension filled situations mm -hmm. it's not about the chase the chase yeah. is just a 
a vehicle <laughs> to uh, show us how each of these characters acts under pressure. Yeah. And I think the, the focus is the people and not the chase. Yeah. Which I appreciate. That is definitely not what I would expect Michael Bay's instinct to be. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that's a consistent thing throughout the movie is that like this movie effectively uses pauses in the action to kind of give you at least looks into these people. Like it's not it. There's a thing in, you know, uh, uh, action movies that I think we all joked about popping up in this movie of like, oh, I'm two weeks away from retirement. And that that scene exists to, to kind of intentionally make you feel empathetic to that guy when he dies. But I think that because of the way that it's used in this movie where it's kind of spread out liberally about all the characters, you kind of get little looks at them and, you know, they have moments to like calm down where the action is stopped and they don't know when it's going to start again but they have these little conversations there that Mm -hmm. you know none of them are quite as trite i think as the you know two weeks from retirement thing but you know there's there's people talking about their kids and in any other movie that would be a big huge dead sign but there's you know it's not necessarily in this one yeah Yeah. and i mean honestly it's a pretty it, it felt a little a little hammy to me though the scene where they're all talking to their family at the I, exact same time like it was a little much I, I I would agree that it was a little much but it didn't feel overly heavy-handed in this in this type of movie um, and like the whole like oh two weeks away from retirement I mean all these guys their mission like they got three weeks added because the ambassador was coming yeah like that's like that's a factual thing it's like oh it's two weeks from retirement but like no that it literally is yeah. Yeah. two weeks before the mission is up when this happens yeah um, and I mean that's the way they paint it right and then we get another scene where uh, the whole crew is they're actually buying some of the weapons that are um with <laughs> yeah. the with the dude who's like freaking out with his pistol oh right yeah <laughs> i mean you know i don't have much to say about that honestly that's kind of how i feel about most of the movie yeah like i mean the thing of it is is that it it this movie isn't one for me where i can be like okay let's take this scene apart really well mm-hmm. it's it flows really well i think is one of the surprising things about it like um it all kind of runs together for me but not in a bad way yeah. it there's I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of my review, but like, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing truly awful about this movie. There's also not a lot of things that are like truly amazing, but in general, it's at least good. So Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to be like, yeah, like, wasn't that dumb when this happened? Or wasn't this amazing when that happened? And I don't necessarily mean that in the action movie kind of way which is how we normally approach michael bay but it even in like the drama heavy kind of way it's just kind of like yeah that was pretty yeah see i I don't i don't agree at all with that like i think that towards the end of the movie when people are actually dying that it's astounding how good this movie gets like it's it makes me feel these people's deaths in a way that a lot of movies don't like in the way that pearl harbor specifically did not at all like i'm engaged with these characters i i care about when they die and that is all the more important when you are telling a story about real people like there there's a scene that's really really graphic with the guy losing his arm later or his arm being being injured very very badly and the entire time like every time that would pop up it hit me like it, it never got to be silly it never got to be like uh didn't trite like or anything. It around or anything yeah like, like it it is legitimately sickening to watch and it should be given the the subject matter and i think that's very impressive uh from any director especially michael bay though like i don't mm-hmm. 
anticipate that from this. I, yeah. I went into this. I was not prepared going into this movie for what it was going to be. And I think that he handled those scenes extremely well, given the emotional reaction that it, it got from me. I, I agree. I, I also agree with Chris to, to a, a small extent where until we get to where things really kick off and they finally have the um, and, and the attack first starts against the ambassador's house and they're deciding whether or not you know they can go try and rescue him until we get to that point it does kind of run together not necessarily in a bad way but there aren't specific scenes between where we are now and then that stand out what i will say is i think that through the scenes that are there they do a good job slowly establishing things that will come into play later like in the scene where they're buying weapons the big thing here does is the, chill. the whole like he does the yeah. little chill hand sign which is going to come into play later and when they're on the first security detail with the ambassador it shows you know it does a good job showing how it's really difficult to tell you know in this type of guerrilla warfare who your enemies are yeah. in a given crowd of people as well as how high the tensions are surrounding these events when like a glass drops and people just kind of like yeah. go on edge for a second. The the thing for me is that I can't think of any scenes e- anywhere in the movie really that you could easily take out and not be missing something from the movie. Uh, this is a long movie, but unlike most of Bay's longer movies, I don't feel like it should be cut down significantly. Like there might be places you could cut things down, but it's not something where you could just wholesale cut out right. chunks of the movie and still get the same narrative and still get the same sense of everything that's going on the original cut mm-hmm. uh via imdb trivia 13 hours long was four- <laughs> <laughs> no it joke. was i've been waiting for someone to make that joke <laughs> it was the the original cut was four hours wow that's a long uh, cut yeah i I, I kind of agree like narratively like there's something lost if you get rid of that th- this scene yeah. we're on right now with the, with the shaking hands and if they try and just insert it in somewhere else it doesn't flow as well like it right. flows here it right. makes sense here but at the same time like I don't like love this scene so I oh, wouldn't yeah, like no. miss it it would just make the end like kind of not, not make, make sense. sense like and I think that's it just sort of goes into what I said earlier. Like, I just don't really feel strongly about most of these scenes in this movie. Didn't really hit me very well. Uh, there were a couple highlights, though, that I'm excited to get to. But aside from that, I also don't have a lot of negatives. So I feel like I'm just going to go quiet for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, well, do, do you guys want to talk? y'all's th- thankfulness, apparently. <laughs> do, do you guys want to talk about anything else before we get to... When the uh, the attack on the ambassador's place starts happening, I mean, I mean, even that's not even a whole hour in in the movie. Like the last hour and a half is that like is the attack on the ambassador's house until they get picked up. Yeah, like it's a good chart. It, it, it is. Yeah. I'm just we are skipping ahead a little bit. Well, yeah. no, no, actually, that that really is like sort of the build up to the attack on okay. um, the ambassador and where he's staying. I, this is definitely, at least from what I'm seeing in my very brief, like, oh, I should actually pay attention to what this movie is, Google searches during the movie. Um, like, this is sort of the scene that is where most of the controversy stands of whether or not they were actually told to stay there. And, like, what I'm going to say is if that is an accurate representation of events, this movie does a good job of making you feel that tension of these guys are actively calling out for help. They could die at any minute and there are people available literally under fire there and there are people available with the capability to help 
and they are not being allowed to, but they want to. And to me, that is what heroism is in a lot of senses. It's being willing to go in and help people like that and wanting to even when you're not necessarily being allowed to. Like it's they are not being ordered to go there. It's the mm-hmm. exact opposite of that. And that is actually being told to not go there. Exactly. Yeah. Like and that to me is what makes soldiers admirable like the fact that they are willing to do that kind of thing that's that's mm-hmm. amazing to me that they will go into situations like that um but you know i i don't have much to say on that controversy because i don't know enough about the specific events to say like you know this is what really happened and, and that kind of thing um and so, as far as well, i understand it, even if you did it's still very muddy some people's word against some other people's well, the, word I mean, the whole situation is that there was a ton of miscommunication that led to loss of life. Yeah. Like it. The, or I lack feel like of that is. I think that is one of the safest ways you could put it sure. without being on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And the movie does a fairly good job of like addressing that element of it, yeah. Yeah. especially in this particular scene where some people are hearing one thing, some people are hearing another. People are reaching out. People are not getting answers. It. Yeah. It, it's. It's. It's yeah. a situation where if you were in the character who is played by John Krasinski's shoes, you can imagine like the frustrations that they would feel in that moment, knowing mm-hmm. that they are their only chance. Yeah. yeah. And I think what makes honestly what keeps this scene grounded to me is the juxtaposition of the situation at the house, at the same yeah. house with where it's catching fire. The guy's losing sight of the ambassador. He's like, running around. You see the fire on the ceiling. The That's, it's one of the best. I think it is probably the best in terms of like intensity set pieces in the film that moment, i really felt like the complete helplessness and terror that those characters were feeling in that moment that moment where the smoke rolls in underneath the the door is like terrifying like i i feel that sense of claustrophobia of there's nowhere to run there's nowhere to escape and suddenly like something is going like it may not be bullets but this thing that can kill you is suddenly in the room with you and you have nowhere to go it's one of those moments you're just like all right our only shots the bathroom and then in the bathroom the smoke goes in it's like why did we come in the bathroom <laughs> we're in a death right? bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a horrible idea yeah Ugh. but man like it, it really does do a good job of like highlighting that claustrophobia and this is one of the scenes i'm like this is very not michael bay because it's so minimal and the mm-hmm. things yeah. that about it that are minimal are what make it good thank goodness we didn't get the bad boys two shot like spinning around as oh the man and the, or the we don't get, i don't think yeah. there was yeah. a single i didn't notice there might have been one very minimal swoop low like a half, like, come on give me a, one like a, i just want one swoop low in this movie like a quarter <laughs> swoop low during like some of the workout like whenever they're working out that <laughs> might be qualified oh, <laughs> Or yeah, but it's technically a telephoto, but maybe not a swoop low. So not not quite the same. There's another shot with a with the swoop low, but there's no telephoto. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, the thing but, that I really like, kind of after once they are allowed to go, or sort of, it seems more like they just say, "Hey, we're going. We don't care mm-hmm. anymore." But regardless, the thing that I like as they're getting there is them running through these streets. They're these guys that have you know clear like they have big huge guns. They've got like, you know, flak vests on and everything. And there's people just kind of staring there looking at them just like, oh, OK, I guess it's Tuesday in Benghazi. Like, you know, right. It, it, mm-hmm. it has this bizarre sense of extreme danger closely coupled with people just going about their ordinary everyday lives. Yeah. And that feels bizarre but real to me in the way that it's played here. And I I'm, I'm impressed with that. Like that that is a strange sense to get across. 
And, I th- and again, I think this goes back to him doing a good job of representing these people as people trapped in an awful situation. Yeah. Everyone on, on both sides of this. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, and I do like that they, that the character, that the people in it, like, like make jokes. Like they're trying yeah. to, they're trying to like, not f- like, oh, ha ha. We're trying to make the audience laugh jokes, but like jokes with each other. Like, I wonder if he has the Broncos game on. Yeah. Like, like so- something that like to like break, break the tension almost. And to keep a, a bit of levity. As I understand it, like that's very true to people mm-hmm. that are in those kinds of situations, like soldiers, police officers, a- ambulance people. They get a sense of humor that is very grim in some cases, or you know, even in very grim situations, they will make crack jokes, and mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel disrespectful here. Like it doesn't feel like they're making stupid jokes. That is absolutely true. It's also true for like doctors yeah. who like have to like surgeons will some surgeons will not go through a day where a patient like doesn't die. Like yeah. that can yeah. happen. Uh, and they will make jokes to like get through it. It's just a fact. Yeah. However, a- in this movie, I had the opposite reaction. I felt like the jokes were kind of played to the audience, and I didn't really find any of them to be funny or land with me. It it kind of, it's another thing that took me out of the movie a little bit. It wasn't like heinous, but I was just like, yeah, that was kind of not really necessary at all. I disagree. It, it was completely necessary for me. Like it made these people into people for me. Like okay, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like. It, that I, I as usual I, we have the opposite reaction well but i feel like i feel that i can agree with you because they don't because they aren't good jokes yeah <laughs> right or even attempts at good jokes right right yeah they're, they're things like said in passing mm-hmm. or or just like kind of offhandedly remarked as they pass by somebody they don't right? necessarily feel written if that makes sense they well, feel like real quips that someone might just throw out there's like one joke where John Krasinski's passing like a guy watching soccer and he like looks at, he almost looks at the camera. And I thought it was definitely played to the audience. It, I, they did not I work do for not me. remember. I, I don't remember what you're talking about. Mm. I I do remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember him looking at the camera. I remember just like them like him like showing looking into the house and be like Oh, he's just watching a soccer game. I guess it's Tuesday night and we got like, yeah, it's Tuesday night and keep and they keep moving. It's not like he's, you know, stop. Let's stare at the camera. You get the joke I just made. It, it, like, it doesn't feel I, and, and I know you're not that way in on the soccer yeah. game or anything. I think it's I think like, it's I think for me, a part of what makes it work is that it doesn't linger. It, it like you said, it just they make the jokes and they, they continue on with what they're doing. Like it's <laughs> there's no Will Smith shouting. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, but yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know where to go from 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 here, really. Like, I feel like we've talked about. Well, they they, they get this. in, they do their best to rescue the people at the. Oh, uh, there was one thing about this scene that I, I wanted to talk about. In most movies, I would put the way that I don't necessarily know who's on their side when they're running past people with other guns that are clearly natives to the area. But in this movie, it adds to the sense of this place. It, it's not necessarily it's not that it's confusing in a bad way it's confusing in the way that that situation clearly actually is confusing and that's again another thing that worked really well for me um especially in this scene where things are very clearly going very badly well they pick up two people that say that they're on their side yeah. and that follow them throughout um like till they get to the compound and then there's like other people just like walking by with guns saying uh that you're in a bad place you need to get out of here and actually telling them like like people actually telling them that as they're walking by, not acting maliciously, but they're just like, as a matter of fact, just like, 
Yeah. You need to get out of here. And talk, talk about tense situations or, or, or scenes that drove the tension up. Man, when he tells that dude to go left out of the parking, out of the compound, and he's like, go left, go left, uh, go left, go left. Just go left, man. To the right man. are all of your enemies in the world. Like, just go left. That- and he pulls out and goes right. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Which I have no doubt is what happened. Right. But, oh, man. And then, like, when they're dr- for for me, it's the scene where they're parked and the the guys who we who we know are are bad because we've seen a couple of these characters shooting before um mm-hmm. they're trying to get them to like turn into a little alley and some of the people in the car are saying they're probably they're trying to g- get us to safety and then other people in the car are saying no they're trying to you know they're trying to trap us right yeah that is the scene where like that was i mean it just ramped the tension up the mm-hmm. the thing is for me like this sort of falls into the pain and gain area for me where if i saw this in a normal movie it would feel constructed to me like it would feel very untrue to life but because this is a uh, based on a true story, I buy into it a lot more than I would if it were not if it were just a war movie. Why did they make the shell shock guy drive? I mean, in, he wouldn't get out of the drive. Yeah, he wouldn't get out of this. It's not that they so made him do but it. They don't. But they don't know. They don't really know that he's shell shocked. All they know is like, oh, okay, he's like, oh, he's got stuff in his eyes, like from the smoke, and they're just like. It's in, it's in such a like in a tense situation. You've, if you've ever been in a situation that is super tense and Tell me about things it, are uh, <laughs> needing to be done immediately, you don't make the best decisions, and you can't always be like, okay, get out of the seat, and right. like, or we're gonna throw you. Well, and I, I, I'm legitimately curious to know if this scene went down how it's portrayed in the movie. If it is like that's absolutely insane, I I can totally believe it. But in the framework of the movie, I had myself going like, what on earth? A little more than, oh, what on earth? Like, that's like, that. this really happened. I was more like, what on earth? Really? Like, I, I was doing that a little more. I, I, I get that. But but it really is in, in te- emergency situations. Yeah, I, I can totally believe that. Yeah. It, yeah. it was just, it, I think it's, it's another truth is stranger than fiction thing. It's like, if... I feel, if it could have been done comedically, I almost wish this was the moment where in right. any game they got the, this really happened. Like, <laughs> I wish I had some sort of cue for that because it's just far enough over the edge that I'm like, is There's this no exactly way. how it down? I can easily yeah. believe they followed John's instructions, but like in real life, he was like, take a left, then a left, then a right. And he gets lost. He ends up taking three lefts, and that's what gets him in the area. That's actually very believable to me, and especially with shell shock. Uh, but I can also see it happening in real life, as is. It just, in the moment of the movie, it took me out because I was thinking, Did, is I think, this real? I think the issue is that we as the audience are given like a clear red flag. This guy does not need to be driving thing. And I think when you're in those situations it is you it is much less clear than that and i think that had the movie been able to tiptoe that line of maybe he's completely okay maybe he is actually in a really bad way i think that would have worked better but because we are so yeah is that i the the idea could totally be in the movie but as is i i'm not as immersed in that part of the narrative to be like okay this is the next this is the next sort of uh uh, movement that right, the movie's yeah. taking um but to get to your point that you're bringing up earlier josh like when they start slowly getting surrounded and everyone's talking in the car like Ooh. i do agree that like 
that felt like very real, especially when you're dealing with like a procedure list. Like most of these guys are contractors. There's a couple CIA guys in there, I think as well. But like mm-hmm. it, it's a situation, again, like communication is a problem. Like that's yeah. the theme that this movie, I think, um, tried to tackle the best. And when they start getting shot, like, I didn't know that was a bulletproof car. So oh, yeah, I, I could have used a heads up on if I'm honest. No, but but it worked. Like when he started shooting, I thought our dudes were dead. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden we see it from the inside and it goes from, okay, they're dead to, okay, they're terrified because something's bulletproof, but you don't know how long it's going to be bulletproof for. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think it would really have been well. It would have been awesome, though, if very early in the movie, like early enough that we would have forgotten by this point. Like we get some sort of like throw off thing like, yeah, check out how check out how tough this car is. Guy like, throws a brick on it. He's like, yeah, a 10 caliber rifle can go through that. Uh, I disagree. No, I think it would have been good if it's, if it's in the, the background shot. enough and not like like if it punches in on a guy's face it's like, yeah, nothing's getting through this bad boy. Like that would have been bad. But a little bit of a oh you know that's the Chekhov's gun going off right there i i disagree um i i i do like the fact that it's like we are made to believe we don't know that this is a bulletproof car the shock that we that as a viewer is like they're all about to die and it's oh it's a bulletproof car go 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 like that is that was like my initial response and i think several of us like when that happened is like why aren't you moving why aren't you moving they're still shooting at you why aren't you moving right which for me it was a frustrated reaction it's like go yeah like you just just go bud as opposed to oh they're so this is so intense because they're so frightened i wasn't as immersed in their heads as i was as an audience member having a don't go through that door syndrome you know what i mean like in a horror movie i I, don't understand the difference what do you mean I don't the way you explained it it sounded like the same scenario to me so like have you ever been watching a horror movie and been like uh like don't go open that door there's obviously a bad guy behind there and it's like you know they have to go through the door because if they don't go through the door there's no movie right but that's sort of like a thing that like you're okay with at the moment because you're like all right well this is they have to go through the door in this moment it felt more like a uh, it, it, it took me out of the movie because I was thinking like, why aren't they going? You know, why why would you not just go ahead and put down the accelerator? It wasn't until after the fact when like we all had a little bit of chatter and we're like, oh, well, I mean, he's in shell shock. You know, they're just scared. It, I wasn't in the heads of the characters to understand why they would make the decisions that they're making. I, I, I disagree because if I'm watching a horror movie and I'm like, don't open the door. That's what takes me out of the movie. In this situation, I'm frustrated. I'm saying go you know floor it just as the people in the car are saying floor it right like i'm i'm in the same position that they are whether or not i'm i'm thinking about it as if i'm in the car as well i'm having the same reaction as the people in the movie are having i, I think what would have made the earlier example work better is if you understand why someone would go through the door if you understand in their head well there's something in there said that they really do need as opposed to they're opening the door because they're curious. That's just stupid when you know that there's a guy with an axe somewhere in the house. You know what I mean? Like that's the difference. That's you, the trope done you, well. And the but trope you know that. Quality. But you know that in this situation. Yeah, this guy's clearly shell shocked. Like it, it he never established made... that already through his confusion about which direction to go. He said no. He said no. He said go left. No, no, no. I he told me go right. And like that, like that, that them arguing about that, and then like that shows like obviously he is messed up in the head and he is not where he needs to be. 
and the fact that he's not moving at this point is is yet again i don't know what to tell what, you what i did really like it, more than that scene itself though what i really appreciated is that the way that it's portrayed i don't know if that bulletproof glass is going to continue to hold up as they get out of there because this thing is con- it's not like it gets shot once and they're gone it's getting assaulted the entire time that they're going and With that molotov ca- cocktail yeah and the way like the tires are catch on fire soon after that and he's still going like i legitimately had no idea if any one of them would get out at all and to me that's the mark of good tension like i did not know what was going to happen and that's true for me throughout most of this movie because um, because by the time they get back to the to the other base, the one that's not the ambassador's place, um, like this car is thoroughly riddled and like the tires are melting off. And, yeah, like I mean it's in bad shape. I was waiting for just all of the doors to fall off. Like <laughs> right. once they stopped, like it just yeah, like yeah. the thing could have just torn like fallen to pieces, and I would have practically believed. It. Well, this, well th- th- sorry, go ahead. Well, and I think um, also like I think we kind of skipped over one part is that uh two of the people that they thought were friendly that joined them on the way to the consulate or embassy um they end up when stuff starts hitting the fan realize that they were trying to throw a frag grenade and that's like oh the those first, are the same two teenagers yes, those are I the same exact two that. teenagers um that and like just to see them come like like the see the explode the yeah and then like Ugh. he's just like get out of here like there's nothing like he's just like so matter of fact like they just try to throw a grenade at you and you're not going to kill them because and it's like in my mind i was like what are you doing but then realize like they don't have any hands yeah there's, they literally cannot hurt no you threat now. they're stupid teenagers just leave get out yeah. yeah like that that's the was i guess the first introduction of like actual like the gruesome side of yeah what, for most of this movie the the violence is not that like intense in terms of like like i feel like a lot of this movie you can get away with a pg-13 but there are specific moments where it veers hard into some seriously gory mm-hmm. stuff like when they get up on the the place and there's the guy with the 50. mounted yeah the 50 caliber and it just chews up people. some it people cuts a guy in half yeah like it turns a guy into hamburger mm-hmm. and like man that was ugh. we and and okay so we've gotten back to our base and in the process of getting the dudes they they were able to rescue out, they kind of acknowledge, look, they've just finished their assault there. We know they're going to be coming for us as well. Let's go ahead and get set up. We know something's going to be coming our way. Yeah. Um, and this this kicks off what is really the the finale of the movie, which is like a half hour finale. Almost. Yeah. If not longer, like it. I feel like it's, it's very, an hour and a half finale. It's very reminiscent to me of Pearl Harbor in that there's just a very long action scene that is a, that has some some moments punctuated with some you know like uh, moments where they're resting you know between waves of attack. But like, it works a lot better in this one. Than it, it really does. Um, and and a big part of that is that I care about these characters. Like you know for for me it is important to me that these people get out. And it may be that these characters are actually uh, based on specific real people, and that this is an incident that happened closer to my time. But you know for whatever reason I am much more connected to this and much more invested in these guys getting out. And when certain ones of them do die, like it it does actually impact me in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, no, th- if I remember correctly, there's, I think, three firefights that happen. 
Um, yeah, there's sort of three waves of it. Yeah, there's there's mm-hmm. three waves and the pauses in between. And I, I don't know that there's anything unique about individual waves that I need to bring up other than I... The third one has a pretty big difference. The, yeah. the yes. third one does, but I, I think as a whole, it's just, it's really interesting seeing the way they set themselves up. And again, I think I've, the way that it's handled pretty tactfully um, because because they are gunning down waves of people yeah right like i mean it it doesn't really feel like waves of faceless things though and it's especially true you know at the scene that chris brought up early later early on in the thing of where you know you see people mourning these specific people that have been shot but you know there and again it may just be that i'm aware that these are based on real events but it does not feel like uh, if this was a World War II movie and they were go, going up against a horde of Nazis, you know, there's there's right. a, a, a sense of humanity to all of this. That is the thing that surprised me the most that I liked about the movie is that it, it really does feel like it tried its best to be as honest as possible from all sides. And I really last thing I expected and yeah. I really appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. Like I. I I disagree slightly in the fact that when the action is happening, they are presented as, oh, here's this end, quote unquote endless horde. But I do like at the after the chaos happens that they do have like acknowledge that like these are not just faceless people. They have families yeah. that do care about them. And like they, there is loss on both sides. Yeah. yeah it's something that you bring up often is because uh, we tend to watch a lot of bad movies uh, and you you frequently bring up um, how often uh, main protagonists will feel invincible mm-hmm. uh, and so you, you really don't get any sense of like there, it doesn't feel like there's any stakes on the line but in this even though we don't really have any casualties on the hero's side um, until the very end it, it, does, it doesn't feel like that like they are obviously concerned for their lives um they're they're having a duck uh and you see the bullets just kind of like riddle the buildings they're standing on uh the one dude gets shot in the chest i mean he yeah. turns out all right because the guy body gets shot in the one helmet. shot out. yeah the one gets shot in the helmet. helmet yeah yeah they're not physically getting hurt yet but it's pretty obvious this what's at stake here like and at, at any given moment, if someone gets a lucky shot, they could be gone. Yeah, and and between waves, you're really getting a sense of the toll it's taking on these people. It, mm-hmm. You know, you get you get that sense of how tired they are and how you know they're they're tense, waiting for this to start up again at any moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and th- throughout all of it, the CIA folks are trying to get support, whether that's from um, what, what's the the name of the other city. Uh, Tripoli. Uh, yeah. Tripoli. They're trying to get support from Tripoli. And then eventually they're like, look, we're desperate. Just, I want you to highlight every airbase that's near yeah. us, regardless of whose or what country or where. Like, yeah. just, just tell me where we can get help from. Yeah. Um, which, which eventually leads into the, the folks from Tripoli are able to get a small crew together and, and come down to help. Um, yeah. <laughs> in time for the third wave. But, they're not really uh there's not enough of them really to yeah and i mean there's mortars coming and when you've got mortars on you like no number of men is going to stop that like, oh the mortar shot though 
The third time we've seen that Michael Bay bomb. That was drop. the. I think that was the Michael Bayiest part of this movie. Was that one? It was. It definitely it was. was. Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, it, it was. It was just as cool the third time. To be fair. Yeah, cool I mean, may not be the right word. Yeah, it's definitely but, not. Well, no, I mean, it was as effective. cool the third time. <laughs> it was. As I mean, dr- in one other movie, it's also used in a tragedy. So yeah, like it. In this case, it is the mortar that kills like the guy that we have the most focus on as far as him being killed. Um, this is that's the that's the bomb that kills Roan. So you know which one's Roan? He's the one that died. There's a couple that died. Yeah, but he's the guy. He's the guy. The leader. The leader of the guy. The guy that had the picture of his of his kid. Oh right, right. Okay. The one that like I seriously like just could not piece them together from each other. They all just seem the same to me. I can't overstate that. It took me probably about at least a half hour to forty five minutes into the movie where I was like, okay, these are who everybody is, and these are their names, and like it, it did like. That's names the one. Are, are would, would have been impossible for me in this yeah, movie. I like, forget names in every movie we watch. And, and that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's a problem that I tend to have with movies that base like that are like, oh, we're gonna talk about this specific unit and everybody's gonna have a part. Like, I like those types of movies, but you need to do a really good job at the beginning of the movie of making sure that you know who everybody is. Which in this one, whether or not I knew their names, I at least got a feel for their. Yeah, character, I, I, had right? a, I had a there pretty good the, sense. There of was who the goofy. The there was the goofy dude uh, who who liked joking around yeah. and being and you know kind of being the crazy one. There was Chill. yeah. There was the the sniper who Boone. Yeah, there was Boone who was more quiet and thoughtful, and you saw you often saw him reading. Yeah, uh, like they, they did a good job of establishing a number of different characters. What what I was thinking about it, and one of the things. Again, one of the things I like is that they paint these as real people. So the super goofy one who's, you know, jumping around with flashlights and kind of being a little crazy, when it comes time to be serious, like, he's competent. He knows what he needs to do for his job. He he cracks one of the quips, but still, like, you can tell he's not being flippant about what's going on around. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, so, and so after these first two waves, um, the folks from Tripoli... Finally, make their way, uh, due in part to the Libyan escort and the lasso that our guy gives them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was initially with the way that scene that was played, and because I do not know military technology, uh, I thought he was just being a jerk and being like, "Yeah, I'll lasso my area," and like starts waving his gun around. And I did not realize until it zoomed out and showed the other guy's perspective that it was showing them where they were, like actually doing that. that would have been such a terrible joke, right? Exactly. But, exactly. but, it, but it would have been within that guy's character to make that terrible joke for me. <laughs> I, I I I mean I don't blame you guys at all. I'm laughing as if like you're super stupid. Well, no, but uh, you're I, not. I, if I, you didn't know that was a thing the military could do, right? Then, yeah, like I, I I laughed at first because I thought it was funny, and then afterwards I was like, oh, actually that that's that's kind of cool. All yeah. right, never mind. It's not a joke. <laughs> oh, I feel a little bit stupid that I didn't realize what was going on, but you know, but yeah. But well, I one, one thing I will say about this is it feels like. The like like uh, the folks from Tripoli show up just in time enough to die. Like I don't see the major impact that that that, that they have on the third wave. And the one person that we've been introduced to from this unit dies really fast into this third wave because of the mortar fire. So I I get that it's important that they include it for staying true to the story, but. As far as within the movie, 
this is definitely the piece that feels the most out of place to me because it feels like they've built this whole thing up that has no impact. It's an attempt to give like a glimmer of hope and then like quickly vanquish it. So you feel how like like powerless they are or being surrounded by just this this endless wave, I guess. Uh, but I agree in that it was a little like like okay like. And, and that, again, that's gone yeah ju- ju- just movie wise <laughs> yeah of right course. yeah mm-hmm. as we stated earlier yes. just movie wise um i okay so that scene where redheaded dude gets his arm basically blown oh off. my goodness Holy that was crap. unexpected and it really caught me off guard and they linger on that crap like they do not like it's not like they give you a a quick shot of hey this guy's arm's really messed up and then get away from that no like they keep coming back to and showing you different ways that is horrifying and gross and just terrifying Mm -hmm. but even with as disgusting as it is it's not done like i never got the feeling that it was done just for shock value no like it's it's never them like zooming in on his arm and showing it like swaying as he walks or anything like that like i mean they do do they do do that but it doesn't feel like it's it's not exploitative but 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 the scenes where you're seeing it, it's because that character's talking, and it's important that they have him in the shot. And you need to be aware of the full situation, which is this guy is talking with his arm hanging by a shred of flesh. Like, yeah. ah. Like, the only time that I think it ever really does, like, quote-unquote linger and, like, just do it for, like, shock value is when they're walking into the infirmary and you see, like, blood drip, like, the basically hamburger meat that is his arm now and the blood dripping off of it like that i think is the most like it's crazy to me that the guy kept his kept his arm like if this is Mm -hmm. at all accurate to that that's amazing i mean they said in the after credits no no i mean like how accurate these events and what happened to his arm (laughs) oh like how like if his arm was actually that shredded right yeah like and it may have been i have no idea if you get to hospital fast enough like they can totally. reattach stuff. Yeah, like we literally live in the future. Yeah, it's, it's so it's crazy. Amazing. Like I, ugh, nuts. It's nuts to me still that you can just put a finger back on. Yeah, but a whole arm. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's the power of skin grafts. I know. Um, I didn't really mean that in a weird like way, <laughs> but like it just skin grafts are cool, guys. Yep. <laughs> it's not weird to think skin grafts are cool. <laughs> Uh, anyway. this, this this is definitely the I mean this this is the falling action of the movie because uh, after this third wave uh, we, we think that a fourth wave is coming it turns out to be the Libyan I guess the Libyan government or police or something, something like that like who's that. coming to help but him? man this was tense like I, I there was a part of me that was like okay is this how it went down like did es- they just barely get out of there especially because you see a couple of the guys who are just like who give up at that point because yeah. they're like there's you know they have done. 50 like, cows like th- we know there's nothing we can do against yeah, them yeah exactly and they just kind of like they go from being in that ready stance to just you know the guns kind of hanging limply at their side like th- yeah you know i've been doing this for 13 hours at this point i we can't win against these odds yeah well and i think like the uh actor i think uh pablo schreiber who who is the guy that sees them and is like pointing his gun at them and has a 50 gal 50 cal pointed at his face like he does an extremely good job of like basically he's like we have no hope yeah. like you mm-hmm. you feel that he like i personally felt like he that is actually truly how he felt like i yeah. felt i felt that emotion coming from him yeah and like just like the i don't know what to what else to do like i yeah. like there's nothing else to do and he just does the little chill. high sign yeah like yeah. that like that is just like 
I was half expecting as soon as he took his hand off the trigger that bullets would start flying. Yeah. Like um, it would not have surprised me if they just blew his hand off. Yeah, like I like that that is how I felt of like seeing like his reaction and his emotion for what was happening to yeah. him right then. Like that was so well played. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the movie is sort of just like them getting out of there, and there's mm-hmm. some sort of imp- there's important beats there, but you know, it's just whether or not these uh, the emotion of the characters got to you, and I think they did a, a competent job of this. Well, right. I mean, this is my favorite part of the movie. Hmm. The, 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 the falling the action escape. is by far, I think, the best thing that happens in the movie. Uh, the the just, I mean, just that one shot I talked about earlier is just harrowing, absolutely harrowing, and watching the guy like carve something out of that material and it eventually zooms in on those two stars like Mm -hmm. like i feel like if you described that scene to me i would have been like that sounds really cheesy but watching i was like you know like it really like adds weight to that you know because you see a monument like that and from a distance it doesn't mean a lot to you but when you follow the characters that those two stars represent and you like watch like those stars die and then they get turned into this thing that's put on a monument that's effective like that that, that legitimately yeah. really works very strongly mm-hmm. uh stuff like that just like really like uh like it, do, it was very effective to me do you want to carry that into final thoughts i guess uh sure i i'm probably going to be uh sort of the outlier and i'll probably be the most negative one on the movie uh but even then i thought it actually was pretty good uh, I was actually really surprised because I was expecting it to be my least favorite entry because of how political it was. And turns out the way Binge hoped it was going to be before we watched the movie, I feel like is actually a good summary of how it turned out. It it was just yeah. following these people in this event uh, fairly close to how the event happened. I still feel like this is a, a pretty Michael Bay-ish adventure in a lot of ways to its detriment. Uh, but it's also Michael Bay in his most restrained in a lot of respects as well. My, my favorite thing about the movie is that shot I brought up earlier of the widows and the mothers uh, weeping over their children. It's just, it's a very harrowing moment. And just everything about the following action to seeing the real pictures of the real people and what happened to them afterward. In true stories, I, I love stuff like that. It, it might be very common in films like this, but it, it really works for me. Um, but my least favorite thing about the movie is apparently an outlier opinion. I just don't feel like this movie has very strong characters. I, I, I don't really connect with people. When people died, I wasn't like, oh, like that's this person. I was like, who's that? Like it, it's And it feels very unfortunate to say because these represent real people who really died and that's really upsetting and and disturbing uh but in this film you know if your, your message is to suggest how harrowing of an event this was uh, it's doubly important for me to feel that and for me it did not land uh, at the end of the day um this movie did a lot of things actually very well but to me it's not truly great because i think a lot of movies did some of the same things better about different events both fictional and non-fictional uh i mean one film that comes to mind i think did almost everything this film did very well uh but better was the hurt locker another one would be black hawk down um another one was sicario that came out fairly recently about a completely different type of event but still fairly militarized and deals a lot of with a lot of similar themes um and because of that i I spent most of my time watching this movie thinking wow that was really good but then thinking Ah, but but that that one scene at the end of the Hurt Locker made that beat just hit a little harder for me. Um, but still good, still good. So I'm gonna give it uh, three and a half. Uh, mm, Star seems appropriate, maybe. Hang loose know. symbols. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> hang loose symbols. 
there seems to be a fascination now in Hollywood with a, a few directors of, hey, this recent thing happened. We need to make a movie about it. Um, and I think a lot of it is... De- with doing it so close to the actual events, it seems a little distasteful. Uh, but this one, it seems like they weren't trying to... St- it seemed like they were just trying to take whoever's story it was and tell that story. It what didn't feel like, oh, I'm trying to push this agenda um which i view a lot of some of those movies is like oh i'm pushing an agenda like this is just telling the story of the of how it happened and we're not gonna try to paint like anybody any particular person as a terrible human being or even the 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 villains of this movie it's like like there is loss and on both sides um i'd have to say my favorite um, or the best put together, I wouldn't necessarily call anything in here my favorite, uh, but I think the mo- the best scene um, is, I think the second firefight when they are back at their base. I think there's a lot of pieces there and the, just the high intensity of the situation along with like the, the emotional, uh, the emotion between all the characters and you can see their pain and the toll that it is taking on them. Um, like the actors do it extremely well. And Michael Bay does a, does a great job at restraining himself um, that he hasn't done in previous movies where it's like, no, this needs to be a subtle moment. But I, it, it really is like, I think a very well put together action sequence that doesn't feel like, a Hollywood action sequence. Um, as far as like my least favorite, there's nothing that stands out to me um, as a terrible thing in this movie. Uh, like I can't pick anything that's like, this is the one thing that is the worst thing about this movie. Um, but as, as far as the score goes, I would have to give this four, um, four out of five hang loose symbols. Like this is, I think, the strongest entry um, that Michael Bay has had. And I can, I'd be willing to say that hands down, like this is his best movie and it's because he remains subtle about it. He's, it's not overblown there. He's not trying to force comedy in. This is just a story that is being told and he tells it well. I agree with a a lot of the things that you said. Um, I think, I think this is definitely the, uh, the most tactful film that I've seen Michael Bay uh, put out um, is is it is interesting trying to rate this movie uh, given the way that I, I rate movies, which is how much did I enjoy it? Because there's a lot in this movie that is hard to watch. Uh, whether that's them just dealing with these tense situations, but but it's just it's it's well put together to a point that I, I think is de- it's definitely a quality film that I would recommend people see. Um, my favorite my favorite part of the movie is um, <laughs> feels weird because this is kind of like half the movie, but um, really the the fire the scenes with the firefights um, where they're at their base and these waves of combatants are coming in. Um, 
just because you see because I think they do a really good job showing how this is having a, an effect and a toll on these characters as time progresses and as they you know they get brief moments of respite before having to get thrown right back into it again uh, and and I thought that was done really well uh, my least favorite scene was unfortunately the scene where they're all talking to their families and kids and that kind of thing um, I think it's important f- it, it it was important for these characters because, again, it does help flesh these people out as actual people, which is important in a film that's representing actual people. Um, but I feel like this scene was done kind kind of cheesy. It, it reminded me of the um, children in bare feet running along a dirt road as an American flag waves behind them in like Armageddon. Like It was that kind of cheesy where it's like, Oh, this is meant to be sweet, but it seemed overdone. So that that was my least favorite scene. Um, all in all, I think this this was was a really good film. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's that it was Michael Bay, minus maybe one explosion and the mortar shell. Uh, all in all, I give it four out of five. Uh, hang loose signs. Um, I mean, I think we've all been pretty positive this movie, and I'm I'm going to continue that train. Uh, I think this movie is. Uh, really well done. I think it's surprisingly well done for Michael Bay. It makes me think less of his other films because now I know he can do this. Um, but uh, this film's really well done. Um, I think I've sort of said everything and anything else I would say would just be reiterating what you guys have already said. So I'll just move into um, my favorite scene, uh, which is hard to pick out because there are a lot of really well done moments throughout this movie. Um, I think the one that, that hit me the most, though, is... Um, uh is honestly probably the, the at the end when John Krasinski is like calling his wife for the first time after things have gone and just is you know emotionally losing it like that's throughout this movie all these characters have been uh managing to keep a strong facade going you know regardless of whatever's going on inside but you know it it seems like they were all holding things together and to see him finally let loose after all that it was was intense um uh, if I have a least favorite part, it's that the beginning of the movie is a little slow. Um, it it was engaging to me, but it also, I think, could have been better at doing what it was doing. But it did what it was doing pretty well um, for me. Uh, overall, I'm very impressed with Michael Bay on this. Um, I don't know if I think it's his best movie, but it is, to me, the one that has impressed me the most. Uh, I'm going to give it four hang loose um, things uh, out of five. It, it's not good enough to get a five for me. Um, and I don't want to let the fact that this is based on real events and that he did that well and competently, like, you know, that should be the baseline for that kind of thing. So I don't want to give this an overwhelming score, but this was well done. So that that's actually a good way of summarizing it for me too. Even though I gave it a different score, I I feel like a lot of the things that the I would say the movie did good. It's also like a situation where like if the movie didn't do some of those things, I would say that's definitely bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how earlier describing like well if the car chase had a ramp on it, it's like no 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 that's not like worse. That's heinous. Yeah. Like, don't. That would have been horrible. And the movie never made a mistake quite like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's sort of challenging for me to rate because it for me to like come up with the score for because overall I had positive reaction to the movie. I'm actually really glad I watched it. Uh, but yeah. You know, at the same time, it's like 
it just didn't like wow me like compared to like other like war films that have really hit me as hard you know Gotcha. We should have a war film marathon sometime, and we'll just feel oh, super, boy. super somber by the end of that four <laughs> D- Dibs on us watching Enemy at the Gates. <laughs> oh, that's man. probably my. Favorite. I've actually never seen that. That's one. my favorite war film. That's an intense Ooh. one. I, I haven't that's seen about a ton Stalingrad, of Stalingrad, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Stalingrad's a really interesting it's, part of it's history. It's great. Oh, anyway. but we're, we are. Uh, is this? The end of Bayhem? Oh, no, man. this is this no, is us this leading is, up to our. This is the end of Bayhem later years. We're about to enter into Bayhem Future, which is the robot fighting. Movies. Oh gosh, <laughs> Transformers, <laughs> robots in disguise. Shoot, Transformers, me. more than meets. I'm the saving eye. that bullet for myself, man. Transformers. No. You can stop now. <laughs> Podcasting with four guys. Hey, hey, that's good. That's okay. Speaking yeah. of podcasting with four guys, where what? can people reach us if they want to contact these I, four guys? I certainly don't know. Bench, do you know? I have no idea. Well, well, Rick, how about you? Where could they, where could they email hope. us, Rick? Well, clearly, since you guys don't know, no one's going to fact check me on this, so I can just say whatever I want, right? Wrong. Where should <laughs> they correct. email us, this Rick? This is very crucial <laughs> to the podcast. I can never remember these details. Opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. Good oh, job. That's a good, that's a good, that um, sounds great. We have a Facebook where we post updates about our new episodes coming out. Mm-hmm. You should check that out. You can comment to us, and we're really good about commenting back to you, people. Uh, additionally, if you want to find our entire catalog of podcasts we've released, uh, we have a website, which is uh, opinionatedpodcast.com. Ooh, two for two. Can he go for the goal? Opinion cast. Oh, that's our Twitter. <laughs> that's right. What? Nuts. But, that's awesome. Uh, but Good most word. importantly, if you want to support us, please go to iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us, you know, a, a, a review. Subscribe. That will, yeah, definitely subscribe. <laughs> but that that will, you know, get us into more eyes. More people will hear, I guess, more ears. But, you know, it'll get us uh, a wider audience. And that is kind of what we're doing this for please so. please reach out to us as well like we want to hear from you we have we want no input. friends we need to talk to people <laughs> we actually these guys are the only ones i talk to and you, all week and you can I tell how much so he hates sorry. us <laughs> that's right what did you think of 13 hours did you like it did you think it was not that great yeah Let we should know. have a poll on our website oh, as yeah, well. Poll. Yeah, rick, yeah. Will, rick will make a poll for yep. you guys uh to no joke answer. this time but usually there's some kind of joke in there i'm, I'm gonna try and be you know a little more tactful with this one but you know uh yeah normally there's there's kind of joking polls and there's sometimes more serious ones but you know it 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 it, you know is is fun to do and i would like to see more uh votes on those absolutely please vote in rick's polls (laughs) yes it'll help his self-esteem we we look forward to hearing from all of you guys and uh we appreciate all of our regular listeners and until next time we're opinionated. opinionated